USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth by providing safe and effective strategies. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise, and good morning to Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. We might be joined by other people as we begin, but first of all, happy 4th of July, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today is a very special day. We're going to do a couple of things. Our show today is going to be called Your Declaration of Financial Independence, but we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Independence Day, or July 4th also. Is it one of your favorite holidays, Tenny? Well, yes, because it's parades and kids and fireworks and all those fun things. Think about how remarkable it must have been back on uh, the time when the Declaration of Independence was done, though. It's amazing to think about what brave people there were back in 1776. And I wonder how many people learned at all the lesson of Independence Day. Uh, Did you learn about it in history? Do you remember? I'm sure we did. I don't remember exactly. Well, the Declaration of Independence, basically also known as Fourth of July or July 4th, it's a federal holiday in the United States, and it's the date when the Declaration of Independence was adopted on July 4, 1776, declaring independence from Great Britain. It's also associated, as we know it, with fireworks and parades and barbecues. It's a holiday. But what a brave time it must have been for the people who signed the Declaration of Independence and what history we have in the state of Massachusetts, also, when you think about it. So do you know who the first person was to sign the Declaration of Independence? John Hancock. So you knew that. Good for you. And he was from Massachusetts. But some really famous people signed the Declaration of Independence also. We'll talk about that in a minute. I wonder how many people listening today have ever read the Declaration of Independence. Have you ever read it entirely yourself? I have. It's not very long. You're going to do some of that right now, right? Well, I thought I'd like to read a little bit of the opening and the closing. In between, it's a whole list of grievances that the colonies had against the King of England um, and reasons why such as he has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. But we're going to talk about um, some of the specifics of the Declaration. So have you ever declared your own independence, Tenny, from anything? Financial independence? (laughs) Not from me yet. I don't know. That's an odd question. I suppose when I went to college and left my traditional home and my parents and that sort of stuff, Well, I'd like to start out today by reading just the first opening paragraph and a half from the Declaration of of Independence adopted on July 4th, 1776, and it's labeled the Unanimous Declaration of the Thirteen United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another— and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, 
and to institute a new government. That's the, the beginning part of the Declaration of Independence. It goes on for a ways after that and talks about the tyranny of Great Britain and so forth. But what I find is that the language of the Declaration of Independence is really quite beautiful. and It, it gives you goosebumps when you really think of it and what they were going through back somewhere over 200 years ago. Right. And there's two whole pages of very specific grievances that they had, such as, referring to the king, he has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. So they had a whole list of two full pages of grievances. And then the ending paragraph I'd like to read and encourage everybody to read this. And particularly, if you haven't read it for a while, I know in the past and probably again this year, the Boston Globe every year on 4th of July publishes the full Declaration of Independence. And I think that's a really neat thing. So this is the closing paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's just amazing language. It's beautiful, beautifully beautiful. written. Most of it was written by Thomas, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, right. Thomas Jefferson was from Virginia. So as Attorney Tenny Lance just said, in Massachusetts, the, the very first signer of the Declaration, first of all, was John Hancock. That's that big, famous, flourishing uh, signature that you see. From Virginia was Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, lots of other people. Pennsylvania, Benjamin Franklin signed the Declaration of Independence. I always forget about Benjamin Franklin. He was actually 70 years of age at the time he signed it. He was the oldest person to sign the Declaration of Independence. And from Massachusetts, we had Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Eldbridge Jerry, and then, of course, John Hancock. So 13 colonies were represented in signing the Declaration of Independence. So when you watch fireworks and celebrate and have barbecues and everything else that you're doing, ladies and gentlemen, think about the history of this. If anybody would like a copy of the Declaration of Independence, give a call to our office at 508-998-8858. We would be most happy to send you a copy of the Declaration of Independence. If you have never read it in its entirely, I think it's an important thing to do. So, Tenny, I know you've got some information there about the history of the Declaration. It was drafted, as we said, primarily by Thomas Jefferson between June 11th and June 28th, a very short period of time when you think about it. Although they had been talking about it in the Congress for quite some time. So I had a funny thing happen, probably goes back 20 years ago. I had a gentleman who came in to me and he had this piece of parchment looking paper and it was a Declaration of Independence. And he told me a friend had given it to him and it was very valuable. It was worth a lot of money, thousands and thousands of dollars. And I said, it looks like a reproduction to me. I don't think it's a real thing. And then sometime later I was in a history store and sure enough, there's a whole bunch of them there you could buy for like five bucks. But he was convinced he had an original one of the Declaration of Independence, and he was going to retire and be rich from it. <laughs> and the original one is in the museum in Washington, D.C. 
Yes, under glass. Um, maybe we'll see it. We've been talking about going there um, again for a while. So today we want to talk a little bit about some keys to becoming financially independent. We've got some great trivia information about uh, 4th of July as well. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the events that are taking place. But um, be proud to be an American. Be proud of the Declaration of Independence. And at some point, take the time to read it. So, Tenny, if you look at this paper here that says history, inside there's some other inf information that I think is kind of interesting. So go to the second page in particular, and we talk about John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were the only signers of the Declaration of Independence who later served as presidents of the United States. And they both died on the same day. July 4, 1826. Yep, exactly 50 years later. 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. And they were basically enemies after the Congress. They didn't um, Politically, agree yeah. with each other. They, for a long while, didn't uh, correspond with each other. But eventually, before they both died, they did get back together as friends. I mean, just think how difficult one living in Massachusetts, the other way down in Virginia and how hard that is to even communicate. But they became friends again, and they both died on the same day. I want to say a quick good morning to Pete Lance also. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Pete just joined us recently. You know what's always interesting? I've always known that Bristol, Rhode Island, had this wonderful, famous parade taking place that we'll talk about in a minute. But I never really knew why. So the Declaration of Independence was signed on... 1776. In 1777, in Bristol, Rhode Island, 13 gunshots were fired as a salute, once at the morning and once again in the evening. And it's the oldest recorded celebration of the July 4th Declaration of Independence in the country. No, I never knew that either. And Bristol, Rhode Island has a of course, I'm sure everyone from this area knows they have a special Fourth of July parade every single year. Uh, I've never been. I'm not sure that I'd want to go because it's probably chaos getting in and out of there. Oh, it's no, a wonderful you know, parade. The, You've got to see it once. The only time that we ever went was the year that we had a student here from Belgium living with us. Did Christoph, I go? I don't remember it. I don't. <laughs> I think you went, and um, that was the one time I've been. He had to see that. It just I felt mean, I, that way. Well, we're going to take a very short break, and when we come back, we're going to give you a few more details about the Bristol, Rhode Island annual 4th of July celebration. So stay tuned. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today for a free consultation, 508 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a free consultation or a free second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to MoneyWise. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Today we're talking about celebrating your financial independence. We're talking about Independence Day. Just before the break, Pete, we were talking about the Bristol Fourth of July celebration. It's America's oldest Fourth of July celebration. If you've never been to the Bristol, Rhode Island Fourth of July parade, this might be your year to go. But this year, it's not on the 4th of July. <laughs> no. It's going to be on July 5th this year. But it is the oldest in the country. Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense to me. For some reason, Rhode Island doesn't allow them to do parades on a Sunday. So it's going to be on a Monday. And there wasn't a parade last year because of COVID. So hopefully this is going to be a really huge, wonderful event. Well, it's a two-and-a-half-mile-long parade. 
No, it's amazing. Besides the usual things that you see in a parade, they've got um, people dressed up in Revolutionary War uniforms and British uniforms and colonial uniforms. Are you going to go this year? We're thinking about it. I'm hopeful that we will, yeah. Great. I will look at pictures. Maybe we can bring your daughter. How about if we we bring your children? How's that? You have to get there early. Um, Although the parade doesn't start until 1030, you have to get there way ahead of time because they do shut off a lot of the streets around there and you're going to have to walk to get to the parade. And that's why I say that sounds like torture to me. Oh, no, it'd be great fun. You could bring a cooler and... A porta potty um, They probably have those set up, too. One of the things they do in Bristol is they do this red, white, and blue stripe right down the middle of the main street where the parade goes. It's very famous. It's televised and everything else. You can watch it on TV, Pete. Excellent. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, I think your kids would love it. Party pooper. I've never really cared much for parades, never mind having to sit in traffic and wait hours for one. Well, well, I know you've are, always liked are parades. Just wonderful things, and they always make me cry. And by no the way, matter. you can visit their website, uh, info at July 4, with a number 4, th 4th, bristolri.com for more information. It's so. important that um, Massachusetts was active at this time as well. In uh, 1781, the Massachusetts General Court, now known as the Massachusetts Legislature, uh, became the first state legislature to recognize the 4th as a state celebration. That's pretty neat. Okay. wonder when it became a federal holiday. Do you know that date by any chance? 1870. I don't remember where I saw it, but I did. Okay, well, you've got a good memory, so I'm going to rely upon your memory. 1870, the U.S. Congress made Independence Day an unpaid holiday for federal employees. So here's one more quick fact about the Bristol Parade, Pete. It's been held since 1785. The Bristol Fourth of July Parade in Bristol, Rhode Island, is the oldest continuous Independence Day celebration in the United States. I knew that. I knew that it's the oldest uh, celebration. I just, I've I've never really been into parades. I don't know. I've marched in dozens and dozens of them probably. Um, And it doesn't mean I'm not patriotic. That's the exact opposite. I'm one of the most patriotic people I know. I just don't think I need to watch a parade to celebrate my patriotism. Well, somebody named A. Philip Randolph once said, Freedom is never given, it is won. So the Declaration of Independence was really just the first step in becoming a country, wasn't it, Tony? Well, yes, then... Uh, then we had a war. Well, right. <laughs> and there was, there was a bit of chaos for a while until Congress came together and did the Articles of uh, the Constitution. I think that was 1780. One-ish. Yeah, a constitutional convention took place after that. Well, mostly we're going to talk about uh, Independence Day today. We've given you a fair amount of history. John Hancock was from Massachusetts. And by the way, John Hancock is also the president of the Second Continental Congress. And he was the first governor of Massachusetts, John Hancock was. He was also a Mason, Pete. I knew that. You knew that? Yes. I didn't remember that myself. And for everyone listening, I think that you probably know because we've done special Masonic shows. My father is very much into being a Mason and all that that entails. Well, it's a nice organization. So we're going to share a little bit of trivia with you as well about the 4th of July. But let's talk about some key steps in becoming financially independent because that's really important too. Declare your financial freedom today. Right, Pete? Well, here's some steps to becoming financially independent. Number one, set goals. If you don't have a goal, how do you know where you're going? If you don't have a goal, any road will do. I think we used that as a quotation once, didn't we? Probably. I think you've you've done all of them at this point. Oh, no, there's many, many more quotations we have. How about one from Franklin Roosevelt? He said, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed. It must be achieved. So let's talk about some specific steps. Do you want to start on the top of our little list that we have here, Pete? Sure. I mean, you just did the first one, which is to set specific goals. 
Uh, that's obviously very important. Uh, if you don't know where you want to retire, how you want to retire, the lifestyle that you want to live, then you know you really can't plan for it properly. If you know that you have a certain thing that you want to do in your retirement, uh, you know whether it's moving down to Florida or um, moving out west, who knows? You have to have goals. You have to have them set in in writing and plan for them. Otherwise, you're not going to reach those goals that may just only be up in your head. And part of that, very importantly, includes having a budget. We've mentioned a number of times that we have a budget form we're happy to provide for you uh, at no cost, no obligation. Give a call to Pete at 508-998-8858, and he'll send you a budget form. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, eight keys to becoming financially independent are sort of generic and pretty much what we always talk about. And we've done shows recently, top 100 retirement tips that took us through four or five shows, I believe. So this is sort of a condensed version of all that. Number one, set specific goals, which I just talked about. Number two, consistently spend less than you earn. Um, I've read something recently, you know, it says if you can't control a $1,000 retirement account, then how could you possibly control a $100,000 retirement account or a million dollar retirement account? In other words, uh, you need to manage that properly, no matter what the amount is, and you need to consistently spend less than you earn. You know, one of the greatest points of satisfaction I have in the business that we do is I have people every single week who say, I don't know if I have enough money to retire. And we'll sit down and do the analysis. We'll create an income plan and a spending plan. We'll do a spreadsheet for all of their assets and then do some analysis and projections and say, you can afford to retire. And it's a great, great relief when we tell people that. You can see it in their faces. Here's a quotation from uh, James Blaine. The United States is the only country with a known birthday. All the rest began, they know not when, and grew into power, they know not how. There is no Republican, no Democrat on the 4th of July. All are Americans. I kind of like that. Yeah, that's nice. Um, Just going back a second, that is one of the nicer things that we do is when we tell someone that they have enough money to retire, and we've actually seen people, you know, tear up, and others who just, you can see how overwhelmed they are with, you know, appreciation and relief. And um, that's really a nice thing to see. And it's almost always those who are concerned the most, who feel like they don't have enough to retire. And they're concerned the most because they've been smart and they planned and they have saved enough money to comfortably retire. And it's always the ones who come in, you know, very um, sort of relaxed and, you know, sort of all around the place when they come in and see us and then we get into their financial plan and they are really in trouble they've got a lot of credit card debt they don't have a lot of assets and when we tell them that they really need to start doing things drastically different you know they're all of a sudden really concerned and not you know sort of loosey-goosey like they were when they came in as they should be because most people don't take the time to plan those who do can do very well. Those who don't are going to be panicked at the end, wondering what they can do. You know, Tenny, I know you see a lot of people, too, who have never done a will or trust or anything else for protecting their family. And it's not just those documents which help people uh, after they're gone. It's the documents that you should have in place while you're alive that I think are the most important. And those include, as we've said many times before, durable powers of attorney for property, and health care documents. So those are really critical to have. Before we begin the show, I just told somebody that uh, I need a reminder to call a particular gentleman. Um, He's in a second marriage. He's got some significant health issues. He's not that old. He's in his very early 50s. Um, So he has a second marriage, a second wife. He has a second child with this um, wife, with this woman. He has three or four children from a prior marriage, and he has nothing in place for estate planning. Actually, he does. He has a a trust document that he did a number of years ago before he got married for a second time and had a new child. 
And I've told him several times, your family is not protected. Your current wife is not protected. Your, your new son that you have is not protected. And if you don't make steps to or rearrange things and get things in order, they're simply going to be out in the cold. So you have to review things periodically too, don't you, Tenny? Yes, we, um, as you know, offer free reviews every three to five years because we think that's a good time frame for people to be thinking about their documents and saying, hmm, yeah, something's changed in my life, or maybe a law has changed. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other tips for becoming financially independent and tell you a few more fun and interesting things about 4th of July. So stay tuned. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a free retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise, and welcome back to a happy 4th of July. I'm about to be strangled by my microphone cord here, but I'll figure it out in a minute. A gentleman named John Dickinson once said, Then join in hand, brave Americans all. By uniting, we stand. By dividing, we fall. So let's talk further about 4th of July. We're talking about some things that you want to do to declare your financial independence. Maybe you need to save money for college, for a student, or for retirement, or simply protecting assets. Maybe you want to leave a legacy to your family. What are you doing to plan? If you don't have a plan, then you're not going to go anywhere. Yep, and uh, that's number three on the top eight keys to becoming financially independent is to create a spending plan. Um, that goes along with the budget that my father talked about in the second part of the show. Absolutely. We always have to uh, do a budget with our clients, and most of the time it really helps them, and they really for the first time are very aware of what's coming in and what's going out instead of just sort of having a rough idea, and that's really important. Um, I'm doing some UGMA and UTMA accounts right now with um, some different clients, and that's important for, you know, they're, they're actually doing them for their grandchildren. You look like an UGMA, Pete. What's an UGMA? Thank you very much. <laughs> What's Uniform UGMA? Gifts to Minors Act. Oh, okay. And, um, what was the other one? UTMA? UTMA, yeah. It's basically the same thing. It's just there's some very slight differences, but okay. uh, the main difference is the age at which the children, uh, at this point they wouldn't be children anymore, they'd be young adults, uh, would be um, eligible to receive the money, 18 or 21. And... Uh, Really, I like to see those plans more than you know a 529 plan because especially nowadays, there's so many more kids who are choosing to do a trade or to do something else other than to go to college. And you actually get penalized by taking money out of a 529 plan unless it's used um, specifically for um, you know college and, and those type of things, uh, secondary education. So UGMA, NUTMA accounts, you can use it for other things should somebody want to go to a vocational school and learn how to do a trade, um, or maybe it'll help them to purchase their first house or purchase their first set of tools to, you know, become a carpenter, um, you know, anything. I'd like to have an UGMA. Would you like to see my UGMA today? It's, yes, a, it's a great word. Sorry. Couldn't resist. You're the only one cracking yourself up at that. You're right. Sometimes I do that. Number four on the list is to simply invest. And you can invest in things that don't lose a nickel, like my mother talked about uh, earlier. Or you can invest in things uh, that are a little bit more aggressive and actually in the market, whether it's, you know, individual stocks and bonds or mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. Uh, When you're younger, you really should have more money in the market. And I can open up a brokerage account for you or for your children. Um, And then when you're older, you should sort of transition and get more into um, more conservative way of thinking. And, you know, you've done well in saving and, and you've got a good asset 
um, built up right now. Maybe it's time to take the risk off the table, as my father likes to say, and put it into something that is more conservative. And uh, we can help you with both. Now, what licenses do you have, Pete? Or what is your designation? I always have to ask you what your designation is. Well, the securities license is uh, Series 65, and it's just so I can do brokerage accounts and you know make trades and buy, buy uh, mutual funds or whatever the client wants or whatever I might recommend if the client um, needs guidance, which most of them do. Um, and it's just called an investment advisor representative. Mm. Tenny, do you think that most people tend to take things for granted in this country, like the fact that we have freedom and we can travel where we want to travel and we can vote and we can speak in public and things like that. I, I tend to think that most people take all of that for granted. Do you ever think that way? Well, I don't know if they take it for granted as much as they simply get busy with their lives and they don't think about those things. Mm. I mean, it isn't every minute of every day that you can stay concentrated on being glad that you're an American, but... No, that's true. But when you think about some of the European history and countries that have gone from you know, one conflict or one conquering entity to another, it's um, easy to take liberty for granted when you've never had it taken from you. That's a quotation attributed to somebody named Grundler, because we have not had our liberty taken from us in this country. Here's a quote. Let me see if you can guess where this comes from, Tenny. Uh, it's written by Samuel Smith. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. You just told me. Who wrote it? No, what's it from is my question. Oh, <laughs> the song. The song America. <laughs> from every mountainside, let freedom ring. A lot of good stuff for Fourth of July. A lot of good patriotic quotations. So let's continue with our list, Pete, of becoming financially independent, because that's what we do here. One of my favorite um, you know, Independence Day and patriotic quotations is something that'll go really uh, against all your interests, Mum. And that's the last royal wedding I cared about was in 1775. <laughs> what? That's it's basically saying I don't give a darn about anything with England or anything you know about these royal weddings and these royal babies and everything else. I can't stand that Tiny people does. get all excited about that. Tenny does. She's a devoted Anglophile. She knows all the kings and queens who ever served in England, and she knows who married whom and who slept with whom and who had babies and who didn't. Not true. No. Pretty much. And you're so into British royalty and all of that that you even think that Prince Charles is handsome. No, I never said he was handsome. I always said I wished I had married him. This was a long time ago. See, the truth comes out on the radio, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) She's been saying that all her life. So I, never mind, I won't tell you what I responded. So who said this? Give me liberty or give me death? Benedict Arnold. No. <laughs> Jesus. Patrick Henry. <laughs> That's a bad one. Uh, all right, here's a quote from Ben Franklin. Remember, he was the oldest signer of the Declaration of Independence. Where liberty dwells, there is my country. All right, I'm going to test you with one more quotation. Peter, see if you can guess this quotation. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Well, that was in, what, 1962? It was JFK, so I don't know why you're doing that when you're doing quotes from all these old founding fathers and all of a sudden you do a JFK quote. It's a nice patriotic quotation. Yeah, it was from his first inauguration. All right, I've got a few others that I'll test you with in a few minutes. I didn't realize that was his inauguration, so that would have been 60 or the beginning of 61. Yep, you're right. So how about diversification, Pete? Do you think people should diversify when they're talking about protecting their finances and staying financially independent? Absolutely. We talk about it all the time. Um, You know, there's so many different ways that people can invest now. You know, there's different apps that people can go on and invest. And I see and hear so many people talking about, oh, I just bought 20 shares of, uh, you know, this stock and 20 shares of that stock. And I just think, you know, you're much better off for the most part in diversifying. And, you know, if something happens to that one company, uh, you know, you, you could take a really big hit. Mm-hmm. I've got one client. He's got close to a million dollars, and it's all in one stock. It's I won't say the name of the stock, but it's uh, a delivery service um, company, fairly well-known, very well-known. 
and it's almost a million dollars and he's got hardly any other assets. And I keep telling him that, you know, if anything happened, you know, he'd be in big trouble and, you know, he should let me help him sell some of that stock and diversify and he's just not having it. So I can only give advice and, you know, it's really up to the client uh, as to what they want to do. No, you're absolutely right. How about money in the bank? How many people do you know right now that have too much money in the bank? 90% of the clients that come in have too much money in the bank or too much money literally in cash in their closet or under their bed or something. We call that lazy money sometimes, don't we? Yeah, we always, you know, there has to be a certain amount and it depends on each individual situation and case. Um, Typically, we recommend around $50,000, but it, again, depends on whether the person's single, whether they're married, um, and, you know, those type of things we have to ask if they're going to need any new car anytime soon or if the roof or their furnace might need to be replaced anytime soon. So we always ask those questions, but typically we recommend around $50,000 in, you know, liquid assets, um, something that you can grab very quickly if you need it in an emergency. And most of the people that we see have far more than that just doing nothing for them. But at least it's a good idea for people to make an appointment to come in and meet with you and go through what their options are and their choices are. So, Tenny, I want to give you a fun fact about 4th of July. How would you like to celebrate 4th of July on July 2nd instead? Hey, it's the 2nd of July. Do you know what happened on the 2nd of July, 1776? That's when, um, I believe, John Hancock signed the Declaration. Yeah, he was the first signer. Right. No, that's, no. that's when John Adams, wrote, John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, on July 3rd and said, the second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival because so, the Second Continental Congress made a decree for freedom on July 2. But they did not adopt the Declaration of Independence until July 4. So, how do you like that little fun fact? don't like that one. Okay. You're, you've kind of silenced mom and I. Like, okay, cool. Did I put you to sleep? <laughs> All right. So we'll go, we'll go beyond that. I guess we have to take a little break in just a minute. But before we do, um, the reason that we celebrate July 4th is because that's when most of the delegates signed the Declaration of Independence. And how many people lived in the colonies at that time, do you think, Tenny? Only about two and a half million. Yep. We only had a population of two and a half million people. What brave souls and what brave souls to write the Declaration of Independence or we wouldn't have the country that we have today. Right. So we're going to come back with our last segment in just a moment. Please stay tuned. We're going to give you some more interesting information about the 4th of July and talk a little bit more about your financial independence. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the 4th of July. I hope you're doing something fun and interesting for 4th of July. What are you doing for 4th of July, Pete? Uh, don't really have any plans yet. Um, not sure. We might go to a friend's house for a party. Really mm. no plans. I'm thinking I might go see a movie at a movie theater for the first time at night because movie theaters are open for business again. Yeah, they have been for a while. I've seen two movies with uh, my daughter, Do they Charlotte. make you wear masks when you go to the movie theaters? No, they do not. And okay. you've asked me if I'm wearing a mask, and I say, uh-huh, sure, and I don't wear one. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated, and they also make uh, – they have empty seats in between all the – the, the uh, reserve seats, so okay. there's nobody next to you. Well, I think we need to do that. I've missed not going to the movies. If there's anything You've decent to play. You've missed not going to the movies? I miss 
not going to the oh, movies. I thought you said I've missed. No. So don't forget taxes when you're planning, though. If you don't think about taxes at all when you're planning, you're leaving out a major segment of your planning. We are at the lowest tax rates we have now for individuals in this country that we've had for, well, for about four years anyway. But two years from now, we're going to go back to the old tax rates we had before the tax rates were lowered. In other words, we're going to have higher taxes. If that's concerning to you or if inflation is concerning to you, inflation will go up. It's going to cost more to buy the things that you want to buy in the future. You need to do some planning about all these things. We're happy to sit down and uh, talk to you about that. Tenny, what would you recommend people do to get protected just real quickly? We're in our final segment here. What can mm -hmm. you do for a 4th of July thing to get ready for protecting your family? Well, certainly everyone should have their sets of documents prepared, trusts and wills, durable powers of attorney, health care documents. Is that what you meant? Yes. People need to plan, and it's not just about your finances and your money. It's also very importantly about are you really protecting your family or you're not protecting your family? And if you're not, you should take some steps to do it. And how about you, Pete? Is there anything else that you would recommend as we conclude our final segment here? How about Just IRAs and tax-favored accounts? Start, start doing something. Um, even if you already have a financial planner, uh, if you're not 100% sure that uh, you know, you're doing the right things based on his or her advice, come and see us. It's a free consultation. We've talked in the past about you know, getting a, a, a second um, you know, checkup, a second um, opinion. opinion from a yep. doctor when you have something serious going on with your health. Well, your financial plan is, you know, just as serious and, uh, you know, get a second opinion. Yeah, I've had medical situations in which I've gone to the doctor and the doctor said, well, today is Monday. I want you to come in the following Monday. We're going to do surgery on your shoulder. And I came back and told the office I was going to be out. And the first thing my assistant said was, do you think you ought to get a second opinion? So I did. And I put it off and I went somewhere else to do it. Well, um I dealt with a personal situation uh, within the last few weeks where my dog was having seizures. They were not stopping. And she's seen uh, two different vets, a holistic vet. Uh, she saw a neurologist last June uh, who didn't really give much of any help or hope at all. And I was going to put her down because I could not get her to stop having these seizures. And uh, my wife said, go ahead and spend the extra money and see that other neurologist that you've been talking about. And um, she had been hesitant to do that until I told her I was really seriously going to put her down. And I saw that second neurologist, and that neurologist had a totally different opinion, um, gave her some medicine that pulled her right out of the seizures, and she hasn't had any since, and is, has tweaked her medis medication. And uh, that dog is still here because I went and got a second opinion. Okay, so second opinions are always a good idea, whether it's finances or whether it's medical issues. Uh, there's no cost to get a second opinion. You should consider doing that. Uh, using tax-favored accounts is a critically important thing to do. If you don't have an IRA account or if you do have an IRA account, let us help you understand what you're doing, make some suggestions for you. What if it comes down to tax time and you think, well, I'd like to put some money aside from a retirement account. Number one, you can get a tax deduction for it in most instances. Number two, you can lower your income and your tax liability when you do that. But most importantly, you're also going to be saving money for the future when you do that. And we see a lot of people, don't we, Pete, that leave a company, they're retiring, they've got a 401k, they don't know what to do with it. We help a lot of people do 401k rollovers. Yeah, there's you know a few reasons why you shouldn't keep it at your old company with that 401k, um, but we do rollovers all the time. We also do in-service distributions for people who are close to retirement, but maybe not quite retired yet. So let's explain that for just a minute. An in-service distribution is simply when you're working at a company and you've got a 403b or you've got a 401k plan, and you're not really sure what it's invested in, which most people are not, I find and you're concerned about maybe you've got too much in mutual funds in the stock market and you want to get a little bit safer and more conservative, do you have to wait until you're retired before you take that money out if you're 59 and a half? 
You do not. You can do an in-service distribution. What that means simply is that while you're working, you can still take money out of your 401k and you can put it someplace else that might be safer or a little bit more diverse or might give you a better rate of return. So when people sign up for a 401k with a company, 95% of them don't know what they're doing. They're just, yep, I'm going to set up a 401k and contribute to it. And usually the person who does that puts them into what they think is best. And sometimes it's, you know, a lot of these funds, they're, they're called like a 2050 fund or a 2055 fund. And that simply means that, you know, the, the funds are geared for someone who's going to retire in the year 2050 or 2055. But there's other funds as well. And a lot of times, again, 95% of the time, the person who is contributing to the 401k doesn't really know what's going on with it. And I'm very, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I was guilty of not looking at my own wife's 401k. Three or four years ago, I finally said, I need to, now that your 401k is getting larger, I've never looked at what it's in. And what she was invested in, in my opinion, was really not appropriate. Um, she was heavily invested in one, um, you know, fund especially. And I told her I would do this and do that. And her 401k has done very well because of the advice that I gave to her. And it's it's important for you to take a look at it and and bring it into our office. And we can tell you whether we think it's good, suitable, doing well or not. Um, and the, the other thing that we can do is... There's often a lot of people that we see who have pensions, and we can help them um, choose which option is best for their pension. And in some cases, there's like 20 different options. It's really crazy, some of the ones that we've seen. Mostly, there's only three options, option A, option B, option C. And um, for people who have a pension, you should have a somewhat idea as to what that is, but we can help you with that as well. And in other cases... There's also an option of a lump sum with your pension, which may or may not work to put that lump sum into an investment that may earn more money for you. Um, often, often you can do better when you retire, when you, when you take your pension as a lump sum and invest it the way you want to invest it. So bottom line is there's a lot of different things that we can help you with uh, gearing up for your retirement and in your retirement. There's another thing to think about really quickly, and that's uh, there are ways that you can sort of bulletproof your independence by making sure you have appropriate amounts of insurance or life insurance. We do a lot of planning in that area as well. Tenny, I want to give you a quotation, see if you can give me this person. You better. Government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Abraham Lincoln. Good. You're doing two, no, you're doing two for three today. So you're doing pretty well today. All right, how about this one, Pete? This is a quotation about 4th of July with an unknown author. Let us not forget why we celebrate 4th of July. It's the day Will Smith saved us from the aliens. Uh, I actually love that movie. It's pretty (laughs) silly, though. All right. How about this one? Happy 4th of July. Drink until you see stars and stripes. Yeah, there's there's a T-shirt company that has all kinds of silly sayings about the Independence Day and... I'm never going to be able to remember them, but maybe I can look it up and say some of them. All right, I'll give you one more non-serious one. America is a family. We all yell at each other, and it all works out. Okay. Huh? Who said that? Uh, Louis C.K., whoever that, that is. I'm not sure who that is. Not a memorable quote. It's not a memorable quote. All right, so you keep talking, and I'll find a memorable quote that we're going to uh, end with today. So there's all kinds of Fourth of July shirts on this company called Moonshot, and it shows a picture of Ben Franklin with a solo cup, and it says Ben Dranken. And then there's all kinds of other ones. There's uh, Abraham Drinken. <laughs> Same sort of thing. <laughs> Did you know Ben Franklin was an ambassador to France? No, I don't think I did know that. He was quite known among the ladies in France as well. George Sloshington. Oh, yeah. No, we don't like those These either. are bad. Get off that I told side. you they were. <laughs> it's nothing right. I would ever wear, but they, come up, they pop up across my Instagram feed from time well, to time. We're about to end today, but um, what I want to say is that declare your own financial independence. Take some steps to do things to protect your money and to protect your family. There's always something you can do. And if you're concerned at all about what comes after you and if your family is going to be uh, set up properly, 
Give a call to Attorney Tenny Lance at 508-998-8800. And take time to celebrate your country. Somehow this weekend, this holiday, we're so fortunate to live in this country. We have to recognize that every once in a while. Yeah, Mac Thornberry once said, No other date on the calendar more potently symbolizes all that our nation stands for than the 4th of July. I think that's true. I think most people know what it stands for. We all do different kinds of things uh, to celebrate it, and uh, we have to do that. So thank you, Tenny, for being with us this morning. Thank you, Pete, for joining us. I knew you had to be a little bit late because you were meeting with somebody, but thank you for joining us. I'm going to leave you with one last quotation from Elmer Davis. This nation will remain the land of the free only so long as it is the home of the brave. Thank you so much for listening. We will be with you next week on the radio. If you have questions about retirement or would like to set up a free consultation, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. MoneyWise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group, Inc. are not affiliated companies. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. USA Wealth Group, Inc. is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. USA Wealth Group, Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law, Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group, Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.